Welcome back to Troubleshooting Agile. Hi there, Jeffrey. Hi, Squirrel. So we're following on from last week, where, believe it or not, we actually talked about emojis. I, I feel somehow <laughs> either very old or very young by suddenly uh, having a telephone emoji being at the center of our conversation. But then we said we'd talk about growth and loss as a result of the, the code words that people were using. Do you want to remind us and, and uh, pick, help us pick up again? Sure. Although I will say this, uh, Squirrel, that if anyone should have a telephone emoji, it should be you, given you know the Squirrel phone, uh, which oh, yes. for, for people who don't know, it's like the bat phone, but better. So if you're a client of Squirrel's, you just anytime you're in trouble, you, you know, you you just you pick up this thing called a telephone, and and uh, Squirrel, you always have to explain to people how it works. Yeah, there's a, there's a way that you use phones. You you push buttons on them, and you talk to people. No one remembers this. They all think that you have to send a WhatsApp, and then a carrier pigeon, and then pick a meeting, and then confirm with a text and I don't know, but uh, you, you don't have to do any of those things. You just phone the squirrel phone. So uh, yeah, you're right. I probably should learn uh, <laughs> what the telephone emoji shortcut is, but but I, I don't know it. I th it's just a matter of time till that's your autoresponder. Anyone messages you any other way, you just <laughs> you look at an autoresponse of a telephone. Uh, I should work on that. But uh, we, uh, more seriously, we, we were using the telephone emoji uh, as part of a story uh, of people who are using it as a code word. And, and we wanted to pick up on that code word idea and, and talk more about it. But where should we go from there? Yeah, I had some ideas. So, because the the one thing we we're talking about was that the idea of code words like this as like a, a, a an inner language, you know, a, a kind of a secret language that helps create bonds and ties uh, between a group. And I think it's kind of a natural outgroup of a a natural outgrowth of a successful culture is that people will have shared experiences and they will tend to come up with these shorthands uh, that that reference their shared history in a way that people will will quickly understand and that that's it's a little bit like the way jargon evolves in specialty fields and it's kind of the the jargon of the group and it's one of the things that that defines them and it becomes a, a, a kind of a very nice element kind of a, like the it's, it's kind of this level of intimacy like you might have in a relationship with pet names <laughs> not that intimate hopefully that's not let's not take it too far let's not push it too far yeah yeah exactly but but it, i think it, there's a real element of this and it can be part of people's uh sense of being part of that in group it's one of the things that that you know that humans are evolved as, as these kind of tribal animals and they i think it, it's 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 a very um positive pro-social thing among the group although it's it can also be a bit fragile because it's it's something that latecomers to the group will not have the same shared experiences now sometimes they can be acculturated and uh, and it but it kind of depends on the exact type of of, of code word and the shared experience. I, I remember at, at Tim, when, when I joined Scroll, you had this idea of rules and fractions. Oh yeah, then I would tell the story and it was kind of like the history of the company and it kind of helped to, to make sure people understood why it was that we did things a certain way and how that we had come to have these rules and, and uh, fractions was another way of summarizing some of the things we valued more than other things. Exactly. And I remember like, so there's like, and it, some of them were kind of paradoxical. There was like the 900 second rule and the 15 minute rule. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But they were different rules, even though that's the same number of uh, uh, seconds in both cases, but they, they had different purposes. And so I would explain the reason that we had had one and then the other, why we called them the, the two names. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And then, and one thing that was reflected on recently is is that then this sort of the these are symbols and and tools that that reinforce group cohesion. That they can be threatened, and they can be threatened a, a few different ways. Um, and one is uh, by uh, actually uh, growth. 
if you, you've, you've developed this high-performing team, uh, you're, you're, you're tightly bonded, you've had these shared experiences, uh, this is common, say, maybe at startups or even internal projects. But then because of the success of what you're doing, they're like, uh, well, great. Now we need to hire more people. You know, we have more demand. We want to create more things. We want to build on this growth. And the outcome is that suddenly you're looking to hire people and these, and perhaps in some cases, quite a lot of people. So I'm talking to people who their teams are doubling uh, or more within a, within a year. And these new people coming in are going to not have all those experiences. And it's, uh, it's, it's very much the case that when you add even a single person to a team, you you suddenly have a different team. You're you're going to have different dynamics, and 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 that can really have an impact uh, on the way that the team relates to each other. Now, I th I think this is very important, uh, uh, but and I think it's one of the things that where skill can make a difference, because what we're describing in this fashion is uh, sort of something that happens naturally. And like uh, Alistair's communication graph we talked about last time, th there's certain elements of humans and humanness that le lead its, uh, certain patterns to have certain types of outcomes. So if we have, say, co-located teams that are working together closely, you know, they'll tend to build, they're more likely to build positive relationships. Whereas Peter, Jeffrey, I don't remember what co-located means because I've <laughs> I've been I've been here in Folkestone for for a very long time, and I haven't go, gone near any other teams. But what's co-located mean? I'm yeah, that's kidding, right. But, but I think we might want to remind people what what that might mean in today's world. Well, it's a really great point, and I think it's one of the things that it, it, we definitely talked about this in our. Um, uh, missing affordances of remote work uh, episode, uh, which is when you're in uh, person with people, there's just a lot of things that come up that you're able to do casually. You know, you're, you're able to walk with people to go get coffee, and a lot of things can happen that way. And when we're remote, we we don't we don't have those. And so I think actually what we're talking about is is a similar type of disruption that happens with remote work, where those. Uh, things that happen naturally no longer happen naturally, and that can be very damaging. And I, the point we made in that episode is it's especially damaging if you're not aware of this process. And, and if that you're not it, consciously doing things to mitigate. It, it, precisely, exactly. And that's, and that's what, what I was getting to here, which is that um, when, when you have these teams that are, that are growing, um, the importance of being aware of these cultural artifacts that you have, these cultural elements you have, and saying, well, what are we going to do as people grow? Are we going to try to onboard them and tell them the history that as, as you did it, Tim, you know, you would take people through that as a very conscious act of acculturation. And one of the reasons was that new people needed to know so that they could join the team and be effective. And that was me being conscious about creating that culture and maintaining it and making sure that uh, we, we kept the code words, the equivalent of telephone emojis that um, we had built up over many years. Exactly. Now, I think what often happens is, is that teams uh, uh, neglect to do this and they think, oh, well, you know, that's fine. People will pick up on it. You know, yeah, the, the, you know, after a while, people see the telephone emoji and it'll make sense to them. And, and obviously, they're not always wrong and I, that, that can happen. But I think the more people you have joining uh, more rapidly, uh, the more disruption you're having, then and the, the more of these things that you have, the less likely people are to pick up on them. And then suddenly you'll have these sort of little quirks. And now you'll start to get this division between the old timers and the newcomers. And I've definitely seen this happen. Oh yeah, where, very much. The OG, the, the yeah. old guard. <laughs> That's right. You, you the get original the, gangsters, I think is what it stands for now. 
<laughs> That's right. You get so you get these people who the ones who developed that culture, who had the shared experiences, and now when they use this shorthand, they're uh, they don't very often they, they generally don't intend to consciously exclude people. But for the people who are who feel excluded, who weren't part of that, they're like, I have no idea what they're talking about. This is just something that they do. And and now that those things that had been a bonding element between the team can actually become uh, something that alienates people. So uh, I think this is the kind of thing that that if you're aware it's happening, uh, you can be you can look at these good words uh, emerging in the team as a real positive sign, and and that's maybe. Uh, but you can also then say ask the question of, you know, if we have new people, are they using uh, those good words or not? And if they're not using them, then do they feel excluded by them? And maybe what I would also use is. Are new code words emerging? Is is the new group of people, are they generating this pool of shared experiences? Are they generating a shorthand that will then sort of bind them together? Um, if I see that, then I would feel pretty comfortable that things are going to be okay. Um, but if I didn't see that, uh, I, I, would, I would be concerned. There you go. And one very wise thing you said earlier this week, Jeffrey, I just want to uh, share with our listeners before we go, is that when when you add a person to a team, and you alluded to this, but I want to make sure to make it explicit, when you add a person to a team, you should think of it as a new team. and You should start again. Now, that doesn't mean you don't use the ex existing experience, just as I did, to, to bring it in. But um, just because the team used to be five people and used to be structured in this way and used to have these rituals doesn't mean the six-person team or the 200-person team, you know, whatever size you're, you're growing <laughs> to, needs to function the same way. So it can be a refreshing exercise to think to yourself, okay, now I have six new people, not I have one new person and, and uh, reflect on how you can structure it then and how you can take over what functioned for the five people and use it for the six. And I, I would even say, what, what, given my nature, I would say to the people, we are now six new people. Exactly. Oh, yes. <laughs> so, so what are we going to do? What kind of culture do we want to have? And, um, and, and I think that sort of explicitly discussing the problems that you have, to go back to our, again, our recent episode, we talked about more complaints, more better get those complaints happening and start solving them. And you'll begin to develop that shared culture and shared experiences and get to that point where you, you have a, a set of uh, obstacles that you've overcome together. And uh, that's really, you know, what will make the team. Excellent. Well, if your team is growing or your team is shrinking or uh, you're encountering any of these challenges, please write to us. Let us know. Are you developing code words? Are you having trouble with that? Do you not agree with us and not see these as valuable things? All of those would be interesting to hear about. You'd find us on agileconversations.com where you can get Twitter and email and as Jeffrey says, the squirrel phone, lots of different things available for getting in touch with us, uh, which we very much like. And of course, you can hear us again next week, same time, same bat station to uh, <laughs> listen to uh, more of us on troubleshooting Agile. Thanks, Jeffrey. Thanks, squirrel.